0: Today we're starting a brand new series entitled Relationship Refresh, because we believe here at Westover that God wants to refresh every area of our life, especially our relationships. Often what we've discovered is that we want to focus in on our faith, but I also believe that God wants to speak to us about our relationships and how he wants to step in and give us wisdom about how we can do life better with the people that he's entrusted to us. And so today, I just want to invite you to open your mind and your heart to what God could speak to you about how your life could be refreshed in your relationships. God, I believe, wants to speak into our lives in the area of our family, our marriage, our work relationships, our next door neighbor, the people we meet at H-E-B. God wants to speak into those areas of our life so that we can reflect him effectively, so that we can really live out the mission of God, which is follow Jesus and love people. And so today, what I want to focus in on is one area of relationships that if we can get right, will actually bring refreshing to our conversation and our connection, and it's the topic of communication. It's the topic of communication. I believe that God wants to refresh our communication. He wants to change how we talk to the people around us. Because I've seen this time and time again, is that there are moments in time when we communicate effectively, but more often than not, Things can go sideways in a conversation just like that. Have you ever been in a conversation where you said something and it came out wrong? You ever been in that place where you said something, you meant it one way, but the other person understood it a different way, and now you're 45 minutes into an argument that you don't know what you're really arguing about, but you're hot and bothered, you're, you're frustrated, the other person's disconnecting, uh, the kids are crying outside, and you're wondering how did we get here? I wish this wasn't true in the church, but I believe that that's many of our experiences. Sometimes it's even the experience when we're leaving the parking lot right after church. (laughs) I truly believe that God wants to bring refreshing to our communication. But I think one of the reasons why communication can sometimes be complicated is because we have the wrong goal for what we believe communication is really all about. For many of us, our perception of what the goal of communication is, is getting out what we want to say. I want to suggest to you that that isn't the goal at all. In fact, I believe that it's getting through to the heart of the other person. That's what communication really is all about. Let me be clear. Getting something off of our chest is not the same as getting through to someone's heart. I believe God's wanting to change how we talk and how we communicate And the heart we carry into conversation. Because I believe that we're intended to reflect the character and the nature of God in every interaction. I'm believing that God's going to step in in this moment and he's going to speak to our hearts. And I just want to invite you to open your heart today, even right now, to allow God to speak to your heart about how you can communicate. But even more importantly, here's what I really think the goal of communication is all about. I think the goal of communication is connection. It's not about content. It's about connection. It's about the we and not the me. It's about the we and not the me. For you see, in in communication, we have to have someone else to communicate with. It's about the we, the interaction. It's about the relationship, not about the content. And I just believe God's going to step in and he's going to help us. This is why I've titled today's message, Speak the Truth in Love. Speak the truth in love. I want to invite you to say it with me. Speak the truth in love. This idea of speaking the truth in love actually comes out of the Bible. It's found in Ephesians chapter 4. And I'm going to invite you to join me there for just a moment. This is going to set the foundation for how we understand communication and what God intends for us to do when we talk to other people in our life. Let me share with you a little bit of the context while you're turning there. This book of Ephesians was written by a guy by the name of Paul. He was a first century follower of Jesus and he was writing a letter to people. He wanted them to live differently. He wanted them to communicate and connect differently. And I believe that what he spoke to them then, God is speaking to us even here and now. So I want to invite you, as we read these verses together in verse 15, that you would open your heart and allow God to speak to your heart. Let's look at this. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 15. Instead, say instead. Instead, "Instead we will speak the truth in love, growing in every way more and more like Christ, who is the head of his body, the church. What Paul is saying to believers is this. He's saying, don't talk like the world. Don't act like the world. Don't have the same attitude as the world. Instead, have the attitude, the language, and the behavior like Jesus. He says, when we talk and act and have the attitude of Christ, we become more like him. This verse tells us that Jesus is the head of the church. And who is the church? We are all the church. And so if he's the head of the church, he's in charge of us. And so God is inviting us to speak the truth in love. You see, God cares not only about what we say, but also how we say it. Paul is very clear in this passage to tell us that while speaking the truth is important, it's not everything. He's saying he's challenging us that we need to speak the truth and make sure that it's infused with love. God wants to anoint our words. He wants to transform our talk. He wants to move us forward. As some of you know, I spent nearly a decade as a professional counselor and marriage and family therapist, and I worked with couples day in, day out for nearly a decade. And What I found inevitably, one of the challenges that would present in a family or in a marriage or in a relationship was that communication wasn't going well. It's not that they didn't communicate because they did actually effectively communicate they communicated through yelling and through slamming of doors and through silent treatment communication isn't the problem it's the ability to speak the truth in love we all communicate whether we think we're communicating or not God's inviting us to be intentional about how we communicate one of the things that I found in working with people is that what often happens in tough times is that tough talk comes out In fact, I believe that sometimes the people at work or the stranger at the bus stop or the stranger at the grocery store actually gets better from us than the people that we love. We're more likely to scream at our family or our spouse than we are to the person who is with us or the customer that comes up and greets us. I believe God's inviting us to change our perspective about how we communicate. Paul's telling us that we need to speak the truth in love. Why? because we need both in order to communicate God's heart. We discover in, in the gospels that it says that Jesus was full of grace and truth. He was full of love and truth. He had both in full measure. And that's why he was able to tell the truth to people and say, I love you, but I love you enough to tell you the truth. Someone put it this way about what happens when one of those ingredients is missing, when whether truth or love is missing. Someone said this, truth without love is too harsh, and love without truth is too soft. The only way we can strike the right balance is by speaking the truth in love. God wants us to put both of those things together. So today I want to share with you two ways that we can speak the truth in love, two ways that we can step forward and really speak the truth in love. The first one is this, walk your talk and talk your walk. Walk your talk and talk your walk. If we say we follow Jesus, then we should walk and talk like him. If we say that we follow Jesus, then we should love people the way that he loved them. God's inviting us to walk or talk and talk or walk. Our words and our actions need to align up with his life and his character and his nature. And God is inviting us into a conversation with him. He's saying, if you just allow me to change how you walk and talk, I'll change your life and I'll change your relationships. But often what happens in life is that when tough times show up, we say to God, I've got this. I'm going to do it on my own. And then we walk the path of disappointment. And then we come back to God and say, God, why is our relationship not, why is this relationship not working? And he's saying, it's because you're not doing it the way I'm telling you to do it. God's inviting us to listen to him. He's inviting us to hear his words. With that in mind, I want to invite you to join me in another letter of the Apostle Paul, and that's 1 Corinthians. I going to invite you to join me in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And while you're turning there, let me tell you a little bit about 1 Corinthians 13. Many of you know this to be the love chapter. In fact, uh, verses 4 through 8 are some of the most often quoted verses at a wedding. But here's what I've discovered about 1 Corinthians 13 is that even though they're often quoted at a wedding, they're not very often lived out in a marriage. Why? Because it's easy to say it at a celebration moment like a wedding, but it's really hard to live out. God's inviting us, God's inviting us to talk different, to make sure that our walk and our talk line up with him. So I want to invite you to join me, 1 Corinthians 13 verses 1 and 2. Paul is letting us know that if we're willing to get the right attitude and the right heart perspective about communication, then the words in verses 4 and following are words that we can actually live out. This is what he says in verse 1 and 2. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others, I would only be a noising gong or a clanging cymbal. He goes on to say in verse 2, If I had the gift of prophecy and if I understood all all of God's secret plans and possess all knowledge. And if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but if I didn't love others, I would be what? Nothing. Nothing. Here's what can happen when we are only speaking truth and not love is our words come across harsh. We need to make sure that our priority isn't just spirituality, but that it's also practicality. God doesn't want us to just have our heads up in the cloud and be disconnected from relationships or so focused on our relationships that we miss out on the fact that we can connect with God. I believe that he wants to do both. He wants us to be fully integrated. We are spirit beings who live in a body, and God is going to give us the capacity to live both of those out. But often what happens in our conversation is we value our spirituality and the truth, Versus the love that God intends for us to infuse into our communication. God's inviting us to not be spiritually tone deaf. It's one of the reasons why there's a famous man who said this, I love your Jesus, but not his followers. I pray that when people see us and they experience us, that they would experience the manifest presence of God through us. This is what's at stake. It's eternity. It's eternity. Eternity's at stake. We need to make sure that how we live and how we talk lines up with him. God cares not only what we say, but also how we say it. As you know, how we say things also makes a difference. Let me illustrate this. I'm inviting all the single men and all the dating and engagement to pay attention because every husband knows what I'm about to say to you is 100% true. Here are a couple words that women say and what they actually mean because what they say isn't really what they mean. First one is this When a woman says fine, everything is not fine. In fact, a woman will say this at the end of an argument where she knows she's right and you're wrong and she's just waiting, waiting for you to realize that she's right, fine. Here's the second one. You ask her a question, what's wrong? And she says, nothing. (laughs) When she says it that way, trust me my friends, It's not nothing. There's something that's going on. You need to rewind the tape and play back. What did you say? What did you do? What did you promise to do that you didn't do? Because when you ask her, what's wrong? She'll say nothing. And you say, what really is wrong? And she says, you should know. (laughs) It's when you pray and say, Jesus, please reveal to me through your (laughs) Holy Spirit what I did wrong so I can make it right. The third one is this go ahead, go ahead is stop. Do not pass go, do not collect $200. When she says go ahead, that's just testing you to see if you're actually paying attention. I did this one time. Here's a confession moment. Early on in our marriage, I wasn't wise, okay? Just, I'm going to set the tone there, and my wife can say amen to that. But I, I, I went to work, and I had the opportunity to be a counselor for a camp experience for some students. Uh, I, was, uh, I worked in a job where we we uh, helped kids stay in school and drop, and not drop out. And so they offered me an opportunity to be a camp counselor, and it just so happened to be the week of her birthday. And so I came home, and I told her, I said, hey, they've extended... They they need camp counselors, and they've asked me to be a part of this. I said, what do you think? And she said, well, when is it? And I told her, it's the week of your birthday. And she said, yeah, go ahead. And so I went to work, and I told my boss, I said, guess what? I can do this. It's great. I came back home. I said, babe, now i got to get some things together so I can be a camp counselor for this experience. And she said, really? And I realized in that moment when she said, go ahead, that was a no-go. I'm trying to help you guys out. This is pro tip right here. Here's the fourth and final one. When she says, that's okay. That's okay. I'll tell you, not everything's okay, okay? I invite you to sleep with one eye open because <laughs> it's not okay and you're not okay. In fact, you're in the doghouse and being in the doghouse is not fun. This is what happens in Communication. There needs to be alignment with what we say and how we say it. And I believe that the power of God can come in and help us walk and talk like Jesus in our conversation. We can have the right words, but the wrong attitude, the wrong heart. And God's saying, I want to change you from the inside out. I want to give you a new perspective. I want to give you a better ability to communicate just like I do with you. We need to communicate to people in the way that he communicates to us. He communicates to us fairly in a loving way, but also he speaks the truth to us. I wanna speak for a moment to our church people today. God cares about what we say and how we say it, but also how we say things in every environment. God doesn't care if we pray in tongues if we cuss at our spouse. I believe that God doesn't care if we can quote a thousand verses if we cut down our kids verbally with with our words. I don't believe that God cares if We say that we're blessed and highly favored at church if, when we're at work, we're laughing or telling inappropriate jokes. I don't believe that God cares if we're kind with our words publicly, if privately we're gossiping around people. We need to make sure that our life and our words align with God. Why? Because our life and our lips need to line up with God's word. In fact, our words and our walk are a witness. Our life, our marriage, our walk, our attitude, the way we speak is intended to tell the truth about God. And when there's a disconnect, we degrade our witness and we give people the impression that being a Christian is just like being everyone else but with more rules. God's inviting us to discover his heart So how do we really live out and speak the truth in love? I want to give you a practical encouragement. I want to invite you to speak a love language the other person understands. Be willing to speak a love language that someone else understands. Often what happens in our communication is that we speak a love language that we understand. We speak to people in the way that we want to be spoken to instead of speaking to the person the way they can receive it. Everybody wants to be loved the way that they understand to be loved. And this idea of love language is essential to this thought. Let me give an example. When we go out to eat, everyone in my family, they get what they want. There's four meals, four drinks, four desserts. Everybody gets it their way. But often what happens in communication is that we give it to people the way we want to receive it. And God's saying, I want to change your perspective. I want to help you speak in a way that they can understand. Some of you know I speak Spanish, but whenever I hear Portuguese, my brain says, you should understand it, but I don't understand it. Because I don't understand that language. In the same way we need to communicate a language that they can understand. Our kids, our students, our spouse, they all have different love languages. And often these love languages are different than ours before I get into the five love languages which comes out of a book from Gary Chapman called the five love languages I want to share with you two thoughts that are key to understanding love languages number one don't communicate love in the way you want to receive it communicate love in the way that they understand it that's the first part and secondly be willing to fall in love with their love language You may not like sharing love in the way that they understand it, but if you love them, you're willing to speak that love language. So with that in mind, here are the five love languages. Number one, affirming words, also known as words of affirmation. Number two, quality time. Number three, receiving gifts. Number four, acts of service. And number five, physical touch. Affirming words, quality time, receiving gifts, acts of service, and physical touch. And they're just as they sound. Affirming words are positive, encouraging, uh, strengthening words. It's what affirming words are all about. Quality time is spending time with someone, investing time into that relationship. Receiving gifts is giving gifts that are meaningful, whether big or small. It's having the thought of them in mind as you buy a gift for them or you, or you make a gift for them. Acts of service are meaningful actions that we do for other people, like cleaning the dishes or taking out the trash or filling up the vehicle with gas. And then physical touch is just as it sounds. This is hugs, this is handshakes, this is holding hands. These are the five love languages. And God's inviting us to live out the love language that he's given to the other person to speak that love language to them. Let me give an example. My wife, Pastor Danae, her love languages are affirming words and acts of service. Affirming words, acts of service. When we first started dating, I would give her gifts and she'd say, thanks a lot for the gifts, but that's not really what I want. And I would get a little hurt because I would give her a gift and she wasn't excited about it. But what I learned later on is that that wasn't her love language. In fact, her love language is for me to tell her that she's beautiful, that she's wonderful, that she's amazing. You're beautiful and wonderful and amazing. <laughs> Marriage points, guys. And what she wants also is to have a clean house and obedient kids. And all the wives who believe in that say amen to that. Yeah, yeah. That's how I communicate love to my wife. I'm a physical touch person. I'm a words of affirmation person. So often what I want is I want to receive love in the way that makes sense to me, but I need to show love to her in the way that makes sense to her. Also, just this is as an aside, this is another pro tip. I want to invite our husbands in the house to become the CEO of your wife. Now, before you get confused about what this means, not the chief executive officer to lord over her, but her chief energy officer. Here's what I mean. When you're able to take care of things in her love language before she has to ask you, guess what? She has more energy for you. If she's spending all of her energy cleaning the house, or is she spending all of her energy taking care of the kids? Guess what? She has no more energy for you. So here's what you do. You tell those little kids, you're going to take out the trash. Doesn't matter if they're three. You say, take out the trash. <laughs> no. You have them collect the trash in the house. What you do is you make sure to steward her energy so that she can show up for you in the relationship. Become her chief energy officer. So today I want to invite you just very quickly to think through who are the people in your life who need to be communicated in what their love language is. Write their names down, maybe on a notepad, maybe a piece of paper. Write their names down, and then think through this. Do they need affirming words? They'll ask, what do you think? How did I do? They wanna hear verbal affirmation. When somebody wants quality time, they'll say, spend time with me, or come sit by me, or let's hang out. Somebody who needs gifts, they'll say, did you bring me something? What did you get me? Somebody who wants acts of service, they'll say, can you help me with? Or they'll say, here's a list of things that need to be done. Somebody has the need for physical touch, they'll say, can I have a hug? Can you hold my hand? We need to communicate love in the way that they understand. Here's a second way we can speak the truth in love. Let God anoint what you say and do. Let God anoint what you say and do. Allow the Holy Spirit to step in and anoint your words. Why? Because we don't have the capacity to share the love of God with people without God's love within us. We need to allow the Holy Spirit to anoint our words. God cares about what we say and how we say it. And often there's moments in time in our relationships when things get very difficult, where we have to have the mind and the heart of Christ. And we need God to speak to us. And this is what Paul is saying in verses 8 and 13 of 1 Corinthians 13. He says this, Prophecy and speaking in unknown languages and special knowledge will become useless, but love will last forever. Three things will last forever, faith, hope, and love, and the greatest of these is love. What Paul is saying is this, is that prophecy and special languages and knowledge... They're only for the short term. They're the gifts of the Spirit, but they're only used to minister to people. The gifts of the Spirit are external and temporal. But Paul contrasts it with the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Whereas the gifts of the Spirit are external and temporal, the fruit of the Spirit is internal and eternal. What Paul is saying this is, don't just focus on the prophetic gifts. Allow God to transform your life from the inside out. Often what happens in the church world is we value what happens up here on a platform and we fail to realize that the real work God wants to do is in an altar moment in our heart. He wants us to be formed into the character and the nature of Christ and that that then would be reflected in how we communicate We need to let the Holy Spirit anoint what we say and what we do. Why? Because love-filled truth lasts forever. Love-filled truth lasts forever. Love-filled truth lasts forever. People need to know that they are loved by God and they're loved by us by what we say. Many of us, we disregard the impact of our words because we grew up hearing this statement. Sticks and stones may break my bones, but words will never hurt me. But the truth is, every trauma survivor will agree with this statement. Let me reframe it for you. Sticks and stones will break my bones, and words will make me think I deserved it. What we say and what we do outlive us. We can speak life and hope. Or we can speak death and desolation and destruction. The Word of God tells us that we need to put a guard over our mouth. We need to allow God to censor what we say. I'm reminded by a quote by Maya Angelou. She says this, People will forget what you said and did, but they'll never forget how you made them feel. This is where we need the power of the Holy Spirit to step in and to anoint our words. To change how we interact change how we talk but we can't change our words unless we allow God to change our heart. so today as I close I'm going to invite you to stand with me I know there may be some of you who are here you've heard about Jesus but you don't know him I want to reassure you that he loves you and he knows you and he wants you to know him and he's here right now I believe some of you, you've been feeling a tug in your heart, you've been wondering, what's that all about? It's not something that I'm creating, it's actually the presence of God tugging on your heart. He's inviting you to come to him. And I wanna give you the opportunity to say yes to Jesus because if you invite Jesus into your life, he'll anoint your words and your life and he'll change you. He'll make you more and more in the nature of who he is. Here at Westover, we believe that saying yes to Jesus is as clear as ABC. A, admitting that we need Jesus because we all need him believe, be believing that he died on the cross to pay for our sins. He rose from the dead on the third day to give us life, hope and a future. And then C, confessing from our heart with our mouth out loud that we want him to be in charge of our life. I don't want to give you that opportunity today. I don't want you to leave here without knowing who Jesus is. So I'm going to invite everyone to bow their heads and close their eyes. Front to back, side to side. If you're at a place where you know you need Jesus, maybe you've never met him before, maybe you've never asked him to be in charge of your life, maybe you've wandered away from him, this is your moment. On the count of three, I want to invite you to raise your hand. You're not joining this church, you're just saying yes to Jesus. One, two, three. Yes, 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 yes. God sees your hands, but more importantly, he sees your hearts. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to pray this prayer together as a church. Inviting you to pray this prayer from your heart, from the place where you say, I love you. Let's pray this prayer together, all of us loud and proud. Jesus, I need you today. Thank you for going to the cross to pay for my sin. Thank you for forgiving me. Today I choose your forgiveness. Help me believe in you. I put you in charge of my life today and forever. I also put you in charge of my words and actions and my attitudes in every relationship of my life. Be in charge of that place. Thank you for loving me. In Jesus' name. And everybody said? Amen. 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 If you just said that prayer for the very first time, congratulations. And welcome to the family of God. I want to provide you with some quick next steps. You just said that prayer. I want to invite you to text New Life to the number on the screen. We want to help you in your journey and your walk with Jesus. Love for you to start that. Let us partner with you. Let us help catalyze you to the future that God has for you. Also want to invite you to attend our Faith Essentials class where you can get the questions about faith answered. The questions you have matter to God and we want to answer those for you. And finally... As we mentioned earlier, water baptism is next week. We invite you to sign up. If you just made that declaration of faith, we want you to be a part of that. We want to celebrate with you what God is already doing. And finally, I want to invite you to come back next week as we continue this series. It's been a delight to have you here with us today. God bless you and we're dismissed.